0: Welcome to the Bizeville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word, presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. Jesus, the King of the
1: Jews. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. And Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit.
2: Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to begin in prayer, then head into worship. Jesus, we just come here today to glorify your name. Father. Father, you have done so much for us. Jesus, we'll never know how much it costs for our sins to just be up on that cross with you, Jesus, for you to take away all of our burdens. So, Jesus, we come here to glorify your name, to praise you and worship you, because you are worthy of it all. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we just ask you to be in this place. Show us, Lord God, your glory. And bless us with your presence here in this place tonight. You are amazing, amazing, amazing. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. speak against my borrowed since the judge is my defense i'm going free right when the gavel fell i heard that freedom bell ring through the heart of hell i'm going free i'm going free glory glory hallelujah through my shackles in the sea in the sea. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Jesus is my liberty. I'm going free. I'm going free. We're going free. Someday we'll fly. My jailbreak, I'm going free. Oh, we're going free. Oh, Jesus, we come here to glorify you. We come here to lift your. Jesus, you have given us a hope. Jesus, on this day, you suffered the worst possible death, hung on that cross just to bear my sin. Lord God, we say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. (sighs) And Jesus, we say, Let your will be done in our lives. We say that we trust you. All the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of You. I'm in. a place where sin and shame are powerless where my heart has peace with god and forgiveness A flood and comes flowing down at the cross at the cross I surrender hi a place where mercy reigns and it never dies. Oh, Lord, we believe that, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. Lord God, remind us every single day of what you have done. Jesus, we weren't worthy of what you've done for what you did, Christ. But you saw us and you still see us today. Jesus, you paid the ultimate price for what we did. you change. We're in all, we're in all of you, Jesus. Your heart. Jesus, we treat this day as as a day that will always live on because, Jesus, you are real. Yes, amen, amen. Jesus, every message, every teaching that you give us is real (laughs) and Jesus to just be in this place freely being able to worship you Lord God to be able to pour our alabaster box and anoint you Jesus Lord God, the ability to just give out our entire praise. Washing your feet with our hair. Jesus, we'll never know what you have done for us, how great it was. But Jesus, we will give you our best. We will give you our praise. Because, Lord, you are worthy of our best. You are worthy of a a heart full. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. We worship Your name, Father. We worship the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace. Holy and Sovereign are You, Lord. We worship You at Your feet, Jesus. You're more than enough. Here's the truest praise, we worship the name of Jesus, we worship you at your feet, Father.
1: Oh, your
2: name is living, your words are great. Hallelujah, Lord. Because death could not hold you. The failed to before you. You silenced oh, the Lord, boast I'm of sin. sin. The heavens are over. the praise of the other
3: tonight we come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the King who is alive right now, but on this evening, as we remember your death, we recognize the celebration that we can have knowing that you paid the price for our sins, and God, we are so grateful you sent your Son, Jesus, to do that. Yes! On this Good Friday, we see it as good because we are made free from our sin as we believe in Jesus. But Jesus, as we'll find tonight, you did not see it as good in the moment. It did not feel good to do what you did for us. It should have been us. And tonight we remember and we are grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. We thank you, Jesus. for what you've done for us. We worship your name. We worship your name. As a church, we declare, God, you are worthy of the glory tonight. Jesus, you are high and lifted up in this place. We set aside all distractions and we look to you, the King of all kings. And we say, you are worthy. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is yet to come. Worthy is your name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus.
2: Yes, yes.
3: God, we pray as we continue on tonight that you would continue to get the praise that you so rightly deserve. And that we would continue in this attitude of worship toward you as we look to your word tonight. God, I pray your word would come alive to us as we read tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening. As we continue on in our worship service tonight, thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of worship. Welcome to our church. If you're new here, my name's Dustin. I'm the lead pastor. We're grateful you've come to worship with us on this Good Friday, and uh, this is a special service. We do not normally meet on Fridays, but for Good Friday, we, we do. And so I wanted to just let you know why we meet on Good Friday. You know, there's many services we could have had this week. In fact, I have been having conversations with some folks this week who are going to churches in which there are uh, Wednesday evening services. Of course, we met on Wednesday, but uh, Monday Thursday service just yesterday uh, commemorating the foot washing of Jesus and the disciples Uh, and also the Last Supper, of course, today being Good Friday, where we celebrate not celebrate, we remember the death of Jesus on the cross. There's Holy Saturday and, of course, Easter Sunday coming. You know, many different services, many things that we remember on a day like today and on a week like this week. Jesus is to be honored. Jesus is to be glorified. And so, as we sang songs just a moment ago, such as, Jesus, there is no rival, there is no equal, we believe that, and the work that Jesus did on the cross was done in such a way that you could be free from your sin, and that your sins could be paid for, and you could receive eternal life, which we'll talk about in just a few moments, but I wanted to make sure we understand that we worship His name tonight without apology, because He is worthy of that praise. Today is Good Friday, and we remember the death of Christ on the cross. You know, many services at Bizeville Assembly of God are full of celebration and excitement. And although we are eternally grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us as he died on the cross, we have Good Friday to recognize, commemorate, remember his death, which was a brutal death. And it wasn't a happy day. It was a dreadful day. For the Savior of the world, He took our pain, He took our punishment. And you might think, wow, what a way to start out the message, Pastor, that's pretty dreary. And on Good Friday, it just is that way. On Good Friday, it just is that way. It was not a happy time, and we gather today to remember and reflect on His death and recall that it should have been us He took our our place, and it should have been us. We were the ones who were supposed to die on that cross, but Jesus took our place. And so let this sink in tonight, that you may walk out feeling this dreary-type feeling. There are some churches, in fact, on Good Friday, that will end their service in silence, and everybody walks out kind of with dim light and in silence, and they go out to their vehicles and they remember what Jesus did for them. Now, we're not ending that way today, but I just want you to recognize the idea here is that Jesus' death was brutal, and it, it was gruesome, and He took your place. Now, I did this same theme last year on Good Friday, but as I reflected again on what this day meant... I wanted to focus on six words as we look into Good Friday. Jesus as he went through this process leading up to his death, he was lonely and he went through betrayal, he went through accusation, he went through denial and crucifixion and death. Easter is a celebration But Good Friday isn't as much. The purpose of Good Friday, of course, is to remember what Jesus did on our behalf. Now, this is not to make us feel ashamed. We shouldn't feel ashamed. We shouldn't feel bad. Oh, I feel ashamed and guilt. That's not what you're supposed to feel. It's not as if you should feel like you should have been the hero to come in and save the day to take Jesus' place. That's not the idea that we're going for. But we should be reflecting, we should be remembering, and we should feel the weight of that tonight. So as we begin, we're going to open to Matthew 26, and uh, you're welcome to follow along in the Bible app today, or you can follow along in the Bibles right ahead of you, and I'm going to kind of be back here for, this, uh, for the entire portion of the message because we've got some uh, props and illustrations that I want to use uh, today. As we get into Matthew 26, Jesus had just explained to them what we now call Holy Communion. Jesus talked about eating the bread and remembering Him, and how drinking the juice represented remembering the blood that Jesus shed for our sins. We will do communion at the end of our service today, but after He explains to them about communion, He asks them to pray with Him at a place called Gethsemane. The first word I want to display tonight is the word alone, the word alone. Jesus knew that he was going to be delivered over to be crucified, so he wanted to take some time to pray, and so he asks Peter, James, and John to keep watch and pray, and Jesus then goes to pray, and after a while, he finds that they're sleeping. Matthew 26, verses 41 and 42 Says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for a second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, let your will be done. So here is Jesus praying about his upcoming crucifixion and death, and his disciples are found sleeping. Now, you can interpret this however you want. Maybe they weren't really recognizing what was about to happen. Maybe they did not know. I don't know the whole story there, but I have a feeling Jesus knew what was about to happen, and his disciples are found sleeping. And so Jesus continues to pray. He continues to pray, and then he goes back, and he finds them sleeping again. And so at this point, he gave up on them. He says, listen, you guys are obviously not staying up, so I'm going to go, and I'm going to pray again. Jesus is alone. Jesus is alone. This is one of the first feelings that Jesus has. And after he prays a third time all by himself, he eventually wakes up the disciples and tells them that the hour has come in which he was going to be handed over to be crucified. Have you ever felt alone? That's one of the most lonely feelings, of course, because you're alone. But it's one of the worst feelings that somebody can have. Feeling as though no one else is there for them. Feeling as though no one else in the world would care enough to be present at a moment in time. How many of you have ever felt like God has been silent in times where you've prayed? That feeling feels alone. He's not gone from us, but we feel alone at times And it's in those times that we must spend time with God in prayer, because that will be where we realize that truly we are not alone. Truly we are not alone. The second word I want to display is the word betrayal, because this is another thing that Jesus is feeling during this time. Matthew 26, verses 47 through 49 says, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve. And with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. See, Jesus goes through awful betrayal from someone who traveled with him and did ministry with him. You know, it's interesting how those closest to us can cause us the most hurt in our life, right? I remember when I was a freshman in high school and there was this girl that I liked. And another one of my friends took it upon themselves to tell this girl that I liked her. That made me so mad. <laughs> it made me so frustrated and I felt betrayed. And The girl never ended up liking me anyway, which now I'm grateful because later I met my now wife Hannah, so I'm grateful to God she never ended up liking me. It worked out in my favor, definitely, thank God. But still, I felt betrayed. I felt hurt that somebody would have gone behind my back about this. That was something that I was supposed to talk to this individual about. That wasn't their information to bring. That was. Information that I told to them in confidence, and they went behind my back in a moment of betrayal, and I felt that, and I felt that very, very emotionally. The, motion, the emotion I felt inside was betrayal, so much so that I gave that individual the cold shoulder for a while because they did this to me, and I eventually had to get over myself and apologize to that person, because even though what they did was wrong by going behind my back, even though they were in the wrong, there was no reason that I had to harbor unforgiveness, because that and that's what I had been doing. The people that we know can cause us the most hurt, and so I was hurt by what they did to me. They were hurt by how I treated them, and it just is a spiral. It's never going to get better when we live our life like that. You know, People that don't know us have no skin in the game. I've talked about this many times. If you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you and says, Hey, I don't like you, and I never want to see you again. Well, that doesn't really affect us too much. But if someone that we know and love and trust and have been with says that to us, that's when it hurts. That's when it hurts. The person that has no skin in the game for you, It's not going to affect you as much. But when they know you, it's more of a hit. Judas was a disciple that was with Jesus. He traveled with Jesus, and he turned his back on Jesus for money. Jesus went through betrayal. If you're feeling betrayed tonight, Jesus knows that feeling. Jesus knows that feeling of betrayal. Betrayal. And he's there to meet you in your time of need. Matthew 26, 50. Jesus said to him, said to Judas, after this all happened. Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. It's interesting here. Jesus uses the word friend to the one who betrayed him. That shows us how we can be with those who have betrayed us. We treat them no different. Those who have treated us badly and have betrayed us, there is no reason to treat them different. Will it be hard? Maybe it will, but Jesus gives us the example of what to do with betrayal, and Jesus calls them friend, and He's not playing a show, He's not making a show, He says friend. To Judas, the one who betrayed him. Do what you need to do. So far in this story, Jesus was alone in his prayer time, and then he was betrayed by a, a disciple of his own. The third word I want to talk about is accusation. Accusation. And I'm being very careful here, just so you know. <clears throat> On Sunday, we have water baptism, and the water baptistry is open with water in it, so I'm hoping to God I don't trip tonight, okay? Okay. <laughs> because that would make for a very memorable Good Friday service, okay? Inches away from the water right now as we speak. So the, the third word is accusation. Now he is arrested and being put to trial. He's arrested, ac- accused, being put to trial. I remember when I was growing up, uh, my, I've shared this story before too, my sister and I would be babysat by my grandparents a lot. Uh, my mom and dad worked, and so oftentimes we would kind of go back and forth between our grandparents' home. And so, on a given day, I had found some broken Barbie doll toys in a box of, of my grandma's toys. And I brought them to my grandma to let her know that they were broken. Now, let me set up the backstory story here. It had been a part of my history to break the heads off of Barbie dolls, as any boy would do, okay? It's just what boys do. However, these specific Barbie dolls that were broken I had not broken them myself. I know I had not broken them myself. With all honesty in my heart, I can tell you I went to the toy box that day and they were already broken, so I wanted to let my grandma know about it so that she could either fix them or throw them away or whatever she was going to do. Well, when I brought them to her, she didn't believe that I had not broken them, and so I got sat in a timeout for breaking the Barbies that I can tell you for a fact it was not my fault. I was falsely accused. I was falsely accused of breaking these Barbie dolls. And it was so frustrating to me to sit in time out for no reason. On a completely different standpoint to a far greater degree, we see accusation against Jesus. He's being blamed for much more serious matters, and it's not really looking good for Jesus. There were crowds of people that came forward to testify against him, and he hadn't done anything wrong. And as he's put into trial, people begin to make up false accusations against him to get him in trouble. Matthew 26, verses 59 through 61 says, now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At least two came forward and said, this man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. So they're here accusing Jesus of all kinds of things. And they say here that Jesus is able to destroy the temple and he'd rebuild it in three days. Again, this is an accusation that they twisted. They were saying he's going to tear down the temple and then he's going to rebuild it. This is in reference to something else that he said, and let me read to you exactly what Jesus meant about what they're accusing him about. John chapter 2, verses 19 through 21 says, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Jesus was not talking about a physical temple. Jesus was talking about himself. They said, if if the temple is destroyed, I will raise it up in three days. The temple he was talking about was himself. Jesus never said that he would destroy a temple. He said that he would raise it in three days if they destroyed this temple, his body. He was referring to destroying him. They were referring to them killing him, and in three days he would rise again. We celebrate that on Easter Sunday, by the way. We celebrate him raising again but again they accused him wrongfully in front of many witnesses and what he was feeling in that moment i can't even imagine the next one is denial next jesus goes through the denial from a friend jesus predicted peter's denial In Matthew 26, 34. But Peter said he would never deny Jesus. He said he would never deny Jesus. This is very difficult, I'm sure, for Jesus as he has the denial from a friend. Then the end of the chapter comes along. After Peter said he would never deny Jesus. The end of the chapter comes along and a girl recognized Peter and asked if he had been with Jesus. Matthew 26 verses 70 through 72 says, But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. You know, I'm not, what, I'm not sure whether Peter was embarrassed about being a disciple of Jesus now that he had been arrested Or if he was scared about what might happen to him. If he too was labeled as having been with Jesus. I don't know the whole story here. But regardless. Jesus is denied. By a friend. Another sort of betrayal. Right? Like we talked about in our second word. Another sort of betrayal from someone that had been in ministry. With him for so long. If we've been denied by a friend or denied by family, we understand that it's an awful and it's a terrible thing. And Jesus was denied by his closest people as well. Some more people recognized Peter as being with Jesus. And again, they asked him if he had been with Jesus. Matthew 26, 74 to 75 says, then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter recognized what he had done. He remembered that Jesus predicted the denial. Peter, being filled with guilt, cried and wept over what he had done. Jesus had been denied by Peter, and Peter felt the weight of his betrayal against Jesus. He realized how he betrayed him, and he knew it. The next word is crucifixion. Next word is crucifixion. And now I'm out of the way of the water, so I'm out of the danger water zone, okay? (laughs) Next word is crucifixion. And in the next chapter, Matthew 27, we get to the point where The governor, Pilate, was at the feast where the custom was to release one of the prisoners. Jesus was one of the prisoners, but they chose to release a man named Barabbas. That brings us to the point in Matthew 27, verses 22 and 23. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. Now, we understand that God sent His Son, Jesus, to this earth to die for our sins on the cross, and we know that in doing so, many scriptures were fulfilled, and all the sins that we committed were washed away, but Jesus is still fully man and fully God while He was on this earth, and these people were chanting for His crucifixion. Pilate says that His hands are innocent of Jesus' blood that was shed, and let the people have their way, Matthew 27 Verse 26 says, then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged, Jesus delivered him to be crucified. You know, scourging is brutal. Scourging means to whip someone as punishment. Jesus was whipped, flogged, spat upon, treated awfully, and then thrown up on a cross to be crucified. He was hung on that cross where He suffered excruciating pain for a period of about six hours. Excruciating comes from, well, crucifixion, actually, comes from the root word of excruciating, crucified. Excruciating and crucified, it's all in the same root word. We understand that crucifixion was an excruciating pain unlike anything other. Additionally, some of these people that asked for His crucifixion were the same men and women that had chanted for Him days earlier in His triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That we talked about this last Sunday on Palm Sunday. Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And out of those same lips came Crucify Him. Crucify Him. They sang His praises. They glorified Him as He entered into that town. But then their song had changed. And now their song was crucifixion. Kendra, if you could come forward to the piano and play softly. The last word on this Good Friday is death. Matthew 27 Verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lema sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's in this moment that I believe that the weight of all of the sins of the world was put upon Jesus as He died on that cross. Jesus had come to die for the sins of the world. And in that moment, the sins that were placed upon Him were yours. And they were mine. In that moment, he felt the weight of sin. And he paid your price that you were supposed to pay. And you know, I've been a Christian for a good number of years. And I still haven't gotten over the fact that Jesus loved me enough. I still haven't gotten over the fact that Jesus loved me enough to pay that price for me. I can tell you stories about why I don't deserve it. <laughs> I think all of us could share stories about why we don't deserve what Jesus did for us. And we would all be in the same boat. And here's a word that would sum it up. Helpless. We would all be in that boat of helpless. Matthew 27, verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Jesus died. Jesus died. In this moment, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. All the sins you've ever committed were paid for on that cross by Jesus Christ alone. Jesus suffered much while he was on this earth and in that moment, his suffering was brought to culmination as he took his last breath. And you know, on Good Friday, we recognize the death of Jesus on the cross, and it's in a moment like now where we can seriously take Jesus' admonition to remember his body and his blood as we take communion together. Jesus suffered with being alone. He knows what it's like to be alone. He knows what it's like to suffer betrayal. He knows what it's like to suffer unjust accusation. He knows what it's like for a friend to deny Him. Jesus knows what crucifixion feels like. He knows what death feels like. And today, if you feel as though no one else understands you in your dealings with friends, family, work, I don't know, you name it, He knows what it's like to suffer. Jesus has gone through it and he paid the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. He knows what it looks like to be to be mistreated in more ways than one. Today before we take communion and Pastor Scott will come forward in just a moment to do our communion portion of our service. But today if you've come in with that sin that's controlling your life and you want to be set free, From that, we're going to take an opportunity to accept Christ right now in this moment before we take communion. Romans 3 says that we've all sinned. Romans 6 says that we deserve hell and death because of our sin, but the gift of God that He freely gives to you is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's offered freely to you. And so this evening, I'm going to pray a prayer asking for forgiveness of sins and committing your life to Jesus, and if you believe this with all of your heart today, you are saved. You know, it's we do this prayer often. It's not this prayer that actually saves you. This prayer kind of helps to get you in a mindset of understanding the decision that you've made, but this prayer doesn't save you. I believe right now, if you've made that decision, you're saved. You're there. You're there. But if you want to pray that prayer today, you are welcome to do that if you need to accept Christ and you need to make things right. And if that's you today, believe this with all of your heart. As all of our church together right now repeats this prayer after me, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I ask that you forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose from the dead. Help me to turn from my sin and live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen today if you've made that decision please visit me before you leave I don't want you to leave without talking with me about this because we have some next steps for you we believe this is the best decision you could ever make and uh, as we move forward we have what's called the new believers handbook in fact uh, in this handbook uh, you saw it on the screen if you were watching the screen earlier uh, this new believers handbook is one of the most amazing tools that brings you through the next step in your relationship with Christ And we want to set you up with a discipleship partner that can walk you through this because we believe so much that your journey doesn't end here. Uh, I'd like to ask Pastor Scott to come forward and uh, lead our communion portion of our service. And if our ushers could come forward to help us with communion, that would be very helpful. Thank you.
0: 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul has a large section on what we're about to do. Uh, in verses 27 and 29, or 27 through 29, he commands us to evaluate ourselves. And some of you raised your hand and accepted Christ tonight, but for those of us who are already Christians, that doesn't make you perfect Um so communion is a very serious thing. This isn't just a, a flippant ritual that we just kind of walk through and eat and drink and uh th- there's there this is an act of worship and remembrance. So um as the elements are being passed out, I encourage you to just ask God to examine your heart. Um it's a very weighty, weighty thing that we are we are about to partake of. Paul says whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord This is an act of worship and I just want us to drink in an, in a worthy manner So while the while the elements are being passed take take a few moments and and ask God to search your
1: heart
2: i love you lord oh your mercy never fails me and all my days i've been held in your hands from the moment that i wake up until i lay my head i will sing of the goodness of God, and all my life You have been faithful, and all my life You have been so, so good. Yes, with every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good, yes. Every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Oh, I'm gonna sing Of the goodness of God
0: What we're remembering here is not God's plan B. God had this mapped out from before he said, let there be light. He knew what it would take. And out of his great love for us, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. Giving thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Pastor Dustin walked us through all these things. In his human body, Jesus experienced loneliness. He experienced betrayal. He experienced denial. He experienced grief, pain, physical pain and agony. And his body is broken on your thank behalf, because he took our sicknesses, our infirmities, our depression, our anxiety, he took that upon himself on the cross. Would you pray with me? Father God, Father thank God. you for sending your son. Yes, Jesus, Jesus we just so thank you for, for your life and living the life that we could not live and dying the death that we so richly deserve. God, I pray that you would bless this bread as we take and we remember you. Yes. Go ahead and partake of the bread. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. That's how God set it up. I don't know why but that's how it is. And in the same way Jesus, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and he said this is my blood which is poured out for you. Oh,
2: thank you Jesus.
0: Take it, drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The brutality of the cross. the blood you shed for us, God. Thank you that we don't have to earn our way into heaven. We need no other argument. We need no other plea. It's enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Father, bless this cup as we take together. In Jesus' name, go ahead and... Take the cup. I don't want to end on silence, but the New Testament is full of verses asking us (laughs) to give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. Always be thankful. Always be joyful. So I want to close tonight this Good Friday service And I just want to take 60 seconds, and I want you, I want us all to corporately just thank God for what this night means and what these elements mean to us and what God did for us. Some of you, he's really brought out of some crazy stuff. Yes. And uh, we all have a story to tell. So sixty seconds, right now, just you and God. Just begin to thank Him for all He's done and for His sacrifice. Jesus, you
2: are so so good, Lord. You are so great and always. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are so so good. I thank You, Jesus, for all that You are and all that You have done. Who You have done, oh Jesus. Yes. Jesus, we're holy, you are
0: good. Father God, we thank you for your grace, for your love for us that we didn't deserve. God, you had every right to wipe everything out and start completely fresh. But you are a God of love. Yes.
1: And you had a plan
0: and you have a purpose for everyone in this room. God, we thank you for what this night means for us. And we look forward to Sunday morning when you put a stamp on it. When Jesus rose from the dead and he had his he faced his final thing that we will all have to face. Death. Oh, and he conquered that too.
2: Yes, Jesus, thank you, Jesus.
0: God, bless the rest of this weekend. May we preach this gospel to ourselves every day. Yes. And make us more Remind like us. Jesus every Remind day. Us. Bring us all back safely to celebrate on Sunday morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much for coming. We'll see you Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Not so, not so early, but, you know, 10 a.m. It'll be sunny. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at bysvilleag. Have a wonderful week.